Welcome to another episode of Blood, Sweat and Fears, the ultimate podcast where athletes, Olympians and sports people, past and present, talk about the challenges they faced in pursuit of elite sporting success. I'm Mark Clement. Alongside me is Scott Ward, a man who spent more than a decade working on the content that now makes up EY's personal performance program, Building a Better Working World, and indeed this podcast. And this is Part two of our look into sporting siblings. Scott's one of four footballing brothers who've had varying degrees of professional success. And with us to continue our discussion, England netball captain Serena Guthrie and her baby brother, Stevenage footballer Curtis. Now, can we all just turn our eyes? You can't see this listening to us in this kind of direction because I'm not sure we got to the bottom of this. What you re- Do you feel you're a late bloomer? Yeah. Because yeah. you went to Aki Stanley, yeah, didn't quite work out. Then you had to go and take the hit and regroup yeah, in the non-leagues it. and eventually come back into the league. Well, yeah. come back and with Forest Green, but then you got to move to Colchester and yeah. obviously now at Stevenage. So why weren't you on it training-wise? Your answer coming next, because <laughs> um, I didn't know what it was to train. I just played. There was no training. What is training? That like playing football is not training. Sounds like work. That's what training is, and I never done that. I only ever played. I'd turn up at the park with my mates, and we'd play heads and volleys, or World Cup doubles, or trainings five aside, running in pre-season when you're playing Saturday Saturday morning matches. It's, you you go for a ten minute run, and you're happy to be there. You wanted to turn up, and so I didn't know what it was like to train there day in day out. Your body, well, my body wasn't ready for it. Um, and also, I think the environment was massive at the time. When I'd look at the people that I'd be around, I didn't really feel like there wasn't anybody there who I would look at at the time and be like, oh, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. It was, it was you just turned up, they just done what they did and they went home. So it was probably only been, probably when I returned back to the league is when I realised actually, like, what opportunities I do have and what I can, what I need to do or where if I want to get somewhere, I need to utilise what I've got. So I think as I've gotten older, I've t- I now take, I, I enjoy training, but I, I know what I need to take out of training. And I think that's the difference. I think maybe when you're, when you're starting off, you don't. And that's why going back to the conference is probably the best, oh, the best thing, hands down the best thing. You're going back to part-time, which was something that I was probably more used to and then you slowly see things. You see players maybe getting moves, you pl- training with players who have come down and you start going, actually, okay, like this is how it needs to go. And I've and I slowly built my way into being able to handle probably mentally full-time training. Because there's days where you turn up, it's raining, it's horrible, and you think, oh, I don't want to be here. You just wrap yourself up, hat, gloves on, and you just get through the session, get inside and go home. Whereas now it's like every day you, you should be going into training and you should be able to take something away every single day. Shouldn't just be one day out of the five days a week that you're training. You should, and I think you need that around you as well. It is ultimately, ultimately up to you. But when you're young, and if you've not seen anybody or had anybody to look, to look up to or emulate that environment, you don't know what you need to take. Do you, do you think you were a victim of geography? That you, if you hadn't been on Jersey, you might have got picked up by an academy and have a had a completely different football education. Yeah, I think if. Yeah, if I was over here from a young age, then yeah, I've got, I'm, there's no doubt about that. From when I was really young, I'd be people come over and we're playing tournaments and stuff. Oh, should be playing here or I'm going to get you here, there and the other. And eventually it just becomes white noise. And that's why even when I was uh, 18 and I was playing with um, 
an Irish guy called Eamon. And uh, I'd stopped playing under, uh, I stopped playing under 18s, I think when I was 16, because I just wanted to play against the men, because I found it more enjoyable, tougher, more of a challenge, I like a challenge. And uh, eventually he was just like, look, I've played semi-professional, I know this guy, I want to send you over. All the way up until two days before I went, I was meant to go to Magaluf. Um, yeah, I was meant to go to Magaluf. My mum and dad had got it for my birthday. So that was all booked. And uh, the time I was meant to go uh, just so happened to be the same time as the trial. And I sat down with my old man and just said, uh, they want me to go here. And he said, if you don't do it, you always regret it. He's like, well, why not? And uh, at the time, she felt my mum weren't too happy. She was thinking, I just spent this amount of money on you going on holiday and you're going to go and do this. And then my dad had to tell her, listen, he needs to do this. If he doesn't, he'll always regret it. And it was a week later and never looked back really. So, um, but it's been, a, it's been a slow process for me, I think, of realisation, finding out what I want to do and probably who more I am and what I'm about. And now I feel like I'm at a place where I understand what I need to do and I'm happy with to where, where I'm going at the moment and I'm quietly confident that things are going to go for the bell. Did she have to give you a straightener? Do you remember a moment where she had to give you a straightener? Don't you look away from it's me because you can jump in here and answer this question for I think I've Yeah, it's not even... It's no, not well even you, spotted the, you spotted the lapse, you spotted the gap though. But it's, I've been like this since I was little. It's never been yeah. like that. So whether it's with school or whatever it is, I just... I just like to just enjoy whatever I'm doing. Do you and have any regrets? Do you have any thoughts that if you'd got on it that little bit earlier, it could have taken you that bit mm. higher? Not really, because the opportunity that I was given and the club that I was given to at that time, that is what it was. So I can't look back and say, I wish I'd done this, that and the other, because at that time as I well. Yeah, I would. I personally wouldn't change it. No, because... That's a nice place to be. Yeah, it's my that's that's my journey. Like, I'm fortunate yeah. to have the opportunity to come here and play, and that's something I always remind myself of. I don't take that for granted. Yeah. I think there's four of us that are now off island that are able to play over here, and there's and coming at 18 as well, probably older than all the others. It was never it was never in my journey to play professional football. It was it was never meant to be. So for me to be here now. It's just, um, I mean, I feel I'm happy with myself and I'm privileged to be here, but doesn't mean I'm satisfied. I think that's the bit I can't let people get confused with this. I'm okay, I'm here now. Now it's up to me what I do with it. I think when, you, when you're playing at a club like that as well, and obviously you've got a new manager who's a football guy, if you're in a position where you know what you can offer the team, at that standard, that's a quite strong place to be because... The game's changed so many times in cycles, depending on what sort of player they're looking for, how football's meant to be played and all the rest of it. But clubs are looking for players now, and especially in your position, really, you're only three months from getting a move. Because if you can have a good three months, right. you will get signed. There's not an if. And, and, and it was just a bit the same like with goalkeepers, wasn't it? If you could show half a bit of talent, oh, we need to snap them up, and that's why you see a lot of the bigger clubs They've got six, seven goalkeepers because they're not quite sure who's going to make it. And and so, you know, for me, I've played against Stevenage. I've played a lot. I played at Accrington where we were effectively getting changed in portal cabins and the cold water never worked, which meant you always had a scalding hot shower. You know, those are the places I think you have to play at to appreciate what it meant. And sometimes it just takes a little bit longer than somebody else. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. 
that's just the journey that you've had to go through. And so, you know, you're still young. In football, you're being told that you're experienced. You're still a kid. You're still young. You've, got, you've still potentially got another 10 years. You know, my brother Darren's still playing at 41. And that's down to you. And if you can manage as much of that as possible while being honest with yourself and at that same time, then then you, you can retire when that time's right to sit back and think, do you know what? I did the best I can. And we've had people on the podcast say the same thing, haven't we? Mm. If, you can, if you can look back and be happy with your contribution to your career, that's the best possible place you can ever find yourself in, irrespective of what goes on. 100%. I think you play with a lot of people who uh, maybe in their 30s and stuff now and they've stayed around the same level that you're at now for their career and they've got so many regrets and they tell you, oh, you need to do this or you shouldn't do this, that and the other. But I think people, a lot of the time, people project their fears onto you because they weren't able to do something because of that. Then they tell you that you weren't able. I think it's important to remember that you're an individual mm -hmm. and what works for you might not work for somebody else. And I think that's the main thing in sport in general. Like we all have our own little quirks and takes. And I find the saddest thing probably about professional sport now, especially football, I think people are afraid to be themselves. You see robots now robots they come out they say exactly what they're supposed to say they're too afraid to speak their emotions because they're scared of the backlash when things aren't going well people will jump on you and i think there are the times now where you have to roll your shoulders back and be who you want to be don't let the fans or your manager or your players around you determine the type of person you are because eventually you'll become that person and i think that's a sad thing it's a sad thing and i'm personally one of the people that will never that will never happen to i'll take a lot of backlash for it but i can go to bed at night and sleep sound like a baby because I know I'm true to myself and man, that's, that's what it is. You've done two seasons in New Zealand, two seasons in Australia. Yep. 50 odd caps for your country. I'm on 98 now. 98, yeah. sorry, I'll say that again. Yeah. Approaching 100 caps for your country. <laughs> Now, Wikipedia, you got that off because I don't know who's done my Wikipedia. She's well up now. You know what you've done. Right, okay, yeah, leave this up. in. Leave this in. <laughs> leave it in. Yes. Yes, it is. It's all right. You I'll have to update it. I wrote it anyway. No, I'm joking. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you a very non British and vulgar question. Have you done all right for yourself financially, remuneration wise? Is netball reaching that point where a few seasons like that you can give yourself a base to work off yeah if you yeah I think I'm probably one of the lucky ones I've not always been I'm like Curtis is a saver me I'm frivolous you know I'd like so in like in Sydney my first well actually even in when I moved to Auckland I was on a pretty decent contract so my first contract I got was uh all right for an import it was like $48,000 or something I think my manager got it up to like 50 something like that which is pretty all right new zealand dollars no thank you i, I was Sorry. struggling yeah. with my currency yeah, yeah. knowledge there for a second um so that probably works out at like a uk average range of about was about 35k okay something like that okay so you know that well, i was happy with that you know i was was teaching for two years teaching assistant uh up in a private school in bath so going from what i was earning there to that i was like all right cool and i get to play netball and do it amazing um but I think the one thing that's quite good at the moment with the packages that you get is, you know, you don't have to pay for your accommodation or your car or your fuel, you know, so costs are pretty low. So, if you, you know, if you get a what would be like an average UK kind of wage packet, you, you can save quite mm. a bit. Um, and then I was, well, I had a good season in my first year and, you know, gave myself a leg to stand on when it came to negotiating for my second year. And 
that that number went up a little bit more and then got a move to Sydney and um technically I think I took less mate oh my, my whole contract was worth more I think my whole contract was worth around some like a hundred thousand dollars okay but it was being very honest here I will you know why not you know, okay not there anymore yeah <laughs> um but then my in terms of like your after like you know you, you've got your player retainer and then all of that was all included a little bit of commercial revenue from your sportswear life um yeah a little bit okay. a little bit but then yeah so that you know i think f- for me like you know I, I was one of the lucky ones. i consider myself one of the lucky ones you mm. know and i went to the i could save a bit and decided to buy myself a trailer because i wanted to go into the food business which i do things like that which no one understood <laughs> Um, is that so over, is that over here or over there? Uh, over here. Over but, I here. mean, I sold the trailer. Now it, it, it came and it went like a like okay. a snap. I had to sell it because I was being buying a house. Yeah. Bob was like, Serena, love, like, what are you doing with this trailer? Bob <laughs> like, is you know, your partner. My, yeah, my fiance. Yeah, and um, I was like, and I'm quite a, a proud person, you know. He's like, you need to sell it. I was like, well, I've not done anything with it yet. I can't possibly sell it. Like, you know, I've not even tried yet. He's like, love, we're, we're buying a house. You know, they're not cheap. We've got to renovate it. Maybe it's for the best. And so. Um, yeah, I, I you know, through gritted teeth, put it on Gumtree and uh, sold it. But for the best, yeah. Sure. I mean, for now, it's still a pipe dream. It's still in my head that one day I'm well, going to go back second, to the trading you've game. Opened a, you've opened a waffle shop. Yeah, well, it's his waffle shop, but I just claim it. Okay, that's how it works, <laughs> basically. Yeah, 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 huge, huge. Problems, yeah. But, but yeah. what you are painting <laughs> here is is a sport that wasn't professional a few years ago. Yeah, I think, well, the ANZ, it was, so my competition out in, in Sydney, it was called yeah. the Suncorp Super Netball, but before that, it was called the ANZ. Right. So it was kind of semi-professional yeah. in the ANZ, and then when it, when the league split, the Kiwis now, New Zealand has got their own league, and so has the Aussies, so I had to make a choice, basically. So I moved across to Australia. But so here's my point. Opportunity. Sorry to cut across you, but <laughs> here's my point. You take your skills, you do something innovative. You yeah. make a little bit of sacrifice being so far away from family or look at it as a great adventure. Yeah. And you go off and lay a base through your sport for yeah. the rest of your life. You've been able to buy a house. You've been able to start thinking about business and enterprise. So this yeah. is a really positive, positive oh, yeah. beacon that should inspire others. Did, to those, did those early movements as well help you decide on taking a point of reflection in your career with the Super League and so on. Yeah, definitely. What, what drove that decision for you? Well, initially, so if I take it back to when I first, when I wanted to go out to play in like the professional leagues, like all I need is an opportunity. You know, all I ever said to myself was, if I just need to get half a foot in the door, because if I do that, I know I could stay in. I knew, I knew I was capable of being a player that could make it out there, but I just needed someone to give me the opportunity. And I loved that opportunity. It was great. But I've always been aware that it's environment that improves you. But you've got to pick the right time to change that environment. And for me, after that two years, that move to Sydney was like, okay, it was a bit of a risk because essentially I got a call from my best friend, Joe Hart, who also plays for the England team in New Zealand. She said, Serena, um, I've got an opportunity for you to play for Sydney. I don't know what the club's called. I don't know where it's going to be. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, (laughs) you're not really selling it to me mate um but yeah how come so you know and at that point as well I think I probably could have negotiated a, a, a pretty good package for myself at the club I was at but knew that at that point it wasn't finance that was gonna and I wasn't at that point where I was looking for that either I didn't start the sport for money I certainly wasn't going to start chasing it, especially when it's, it's not millions we're talking here is it Do you know what I mean so you know for me I was like okay 
new environment, get to live with a best mate. How bad can it be? Sun type all year thing. Round. Yeah, yeah, sun all year round. And I never thought I'd get the opportunity to play in Australia because I always thought my style of play wasn't something I think that suited that particular style in Australia. Very kind of man on man, you know, hardcore marking, um, real fast paced play. Not saying I wasn't think I was capable of that, but you know, you get all these d different coaches and managers, and if they don't think you fit, then you don't fit. So you know, when you know the coach for my last team at Giants said, oh, I want Serena to come over and play centre, which no other coach would play me at over in those leagues. Everyone thought it was a wing defence, wing defence. I said I'd like to play centre more, but didn't, didn't really get much opportunity at that, whereas Judy was just going to let, let that, um, it was for me that position if I wanted it. So I thought, oh, okay, this is literally where I'm going to find out here if, if I can do this. So for me, that was the no-brainer. So, I'd, you know, it was all about environment, really, that second decision. First one was about getting my foot in the door, making a name for myself. Second one was right, okay, let's see how far I can go now. Um, and then the third decision, when it came back to being in Bath, again, it was just about, I knew that environment was going to challenge me in a different way. It wasn't necessarily going to be where I was going to improve my netball. I knew I could certainly maintain, um, but it was more, again, around other people. Me going, it was all more about me helping other people, wanting to be a part of something bigger than myself. Um, which I learned at the Giants, which, you know, is something I carry with me now forever. No matter what I do, where I go, it's, it's, it will be about not just me. Um, it will be about what I can do to help others. You see, we, we meet all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. That you, you're right, you said it earlier in this podcast, that go off in all sorts of directions. But I mean, quite in, inspiring to hear these stories, which are very different. But, you know, the, the satisfaction of creating the career that works for Curtis. And then, you know, these little arrows going off all over the place with Serena, but somehow they drop and form this this great sort of basis for the rest of your life. Well, I think it's great because, you know, what Curtis was talking about there, I've been there myself in, you sort of, when, when you're not given something, but when something happens fairly easily, you do take it for granted because that's what you do, you're a kid. What else does somebody expect you to do if you're not sat down and really understand what that means for you? And then, um, you know, I, I've got so I've got two girls there, um, eleven and six, soon to be seven. And clearly, when you've played football, if you have sons, of course they're going to be footballers and all the rest of it. But we've spoken about it before, Mark. I, I'd really have to think long and hard if I'd if I if I'd want them to do that, oh, knowing gosh, what the environment's like. That my daughter Isabella has just started playing netball last. Uh, sort of six months to a year. She's naturally tall because of how tall I am. My wife's 5'11". Um, I'm not fearful of her going to play netball because I see what environment she's walking into. The coaches love the kids. It's about them being better as, as children and installing the right habits, the right beliefs in their play. And then, and then as a consequence, your netball will become better. And she's gone to soccer camps and I, uh, netball camps. I've never, I've never experienced camps where the kids will go and if one of the teams has got an away game, You'll get a team from... So if Wasps had an away game, the girls from Loughborough would come and take over the camps. Like, that would never... Curtis, yeah. would it? It would never it's happen a, in football. A, the difference is it's a community. That's right. And that's, that's why I'm delighted that Isabella wants to try and... Like you say to her, now what do you want to do? I want to be a netballer. I've never, I've never forced anything on her because I want her to be her. I've, I've lived a life of responsibility based upon other people's interpretation. But now she, <laughs> she keeps saying, we say to her, what do you want to do? She want to play netball. And I'm, I'm really not worried about that. And I think, like you said, I hope that 
netball retains that humility that has got got it to this point. And clearly, from your perspective, you had to take a step out of it for a while and reevaluate what you want to do. That that's that's a strong mind, and for you, Kurtz, to now know that this is really what you want to do, and you're going to make the most of your opportunity for yourself. That's that's pretty pretty immense because again, football's very easy to get swept up in. You know, we all, we share the changing room. The boys talk to each other, they impression each other. So for you to be able to do that, to know what you need to take out of it every day, that's really powerful. You should be really proud of yourself to be at that point at 27, to know that, you know what, this is what I want to do. Oh, oh. So, 26. 26. Give me some time, give me some time. <laughs> not far off. Well, if, if, if all the material from this podcast is staying in, we're not doing very well, are we? Hey, that's what we do. That's what we caps. do in the game. <laughs> we had years. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But to be at that at 26, you know, that's... You're still young. You've still got a lot of time in the game. And like I say, things in sport change overnight, don't they? You've seen it yourself, so, you know, you just need to believe in yourself, commit. And so if you can be, that's probably one of my few regrets is looking back, knowing how good I could have been, taking it for granted. Because when you grow up in a family where everyone's a footballer, mm-hmm. it's normal. Yeah, That's what you do. You become yeah, a footballer. Um, but knowing that now I've got a career that I feel fulfilled beyond any expectation where I can give retrospect back into people, having lived it, and to have a forum like this where we can share and hear from the two of you in a way that you don't normally hear, where it's just about yourselves and about honesty. And I think that's what that that's what drives Mark and I in doing this podcast. Um, you know, I never thought that my little brother would come in for work experience, put it that way. <laughs> but he now does that. And, um, you know, the more right? people we can help, yeah, he, on his, on his odd days stuff. off, he comes in for work experience. Yeah, um, you know, and, uh, and this could catch on. Need, <laughs> d- do you and Bob need any help with the waffle shop? Because I can think of a pair of hands. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, pour it in, and stamp it out, or whatever you do. Get get you, Curtis working. Get him an honest day's <laughs> honest day's work. This this has been lovely. Work. You two don't get to do much together. Like this is this. the first time yeah. we've ever done anything yeah, like this. Is it really? I, I, I said well, I was yeah. at rounders on the weekend, and then to see her on a Monday, so I heard her yesterday. <laughs> to see, I'll see we her yesterday a lot. today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been a bad big sister, really. I should have come up a few times and seen him, but I've just been busy with the house. You know, I've had walls to knock down, and you know. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we had two days where we've seen each other. On this Life gets no. in the way. It was a good housewarming party, wasn't it? Oh, you're really quiet, actually. Oh, yeah. was it? Loads was it? Despite the fact <laughs> you do you do a bit of DJing occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. You got the sec. You got the decks at home. There was some DJing. Was, um, on Saturday, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put so a little something on. A bit. Yeah, a little something. something. You got you know, I was a bit rusty, to be honest. But by that point, I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> let's not talk about how messy it got. And finally, I want a piece of advice, professionally, from you for your big sis, and a piece of advice from you. You're digging, aren't you, tonight? Professionally, I say, I don't want any of that. You came round your stage yeah. on the sofa, but you didn't put the bins out. I'm not talking <laughs> personally. I'm talking about professionally. You can go first. What piece of advice would you give to your, your sister? I think saying that, I just told her at the World uh, Champs this year, to be fair, I just said, well, just remember who you are. That's the most important thing. The rest doesn't matter. Remember who you are. I think if you everybody can do that, and just remember who they are, then everything else will come. Love it. You're going to have to go some. It's a hard one to follow, isn't it? It really is, yeah. He's absolutely... (laughs) Gone big. (laughs) He has. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. (laughs) 
And then all we could hear was tumbleweed. Sunrise Dan, one down the back. It's a good one. It's a good one to remember. Mm. Bumper sticker. Mm. No. Um, I think for Curtis, I think it's, it kind of relates a little bit back to what um, was said before in the podcast when it when you know you say people think that because you're a certain age that you that you're starting to get past it or you haven't oh you can't be good anymore let's get the next young thing in or whatever but I think with persistence and understanding no hearing that you know where you want to be what you want to do now you understand that you got to that's that now that's almost like the hard bit the easy bit now is knowing that you just go for it do you know what I mean I think you spend a lot of time in life as an athlete thinking oh what am I going to do and where am I going to be and how am I going to end up? Now now you know that and you have that identity, which is really important, I think, in in, in the football industry because it's just <laughs> it's cutthroat. Like now, you, now you have that. It's just about going for it and understanding that you can still achieve and get to whatever it is that you want to get to. We're not putting a boundary on that. Mm. Don't put a boundary on it. You just go, you just go for it and see where it takes you because I think the one thing you say that you've not... You didn't think you'd end up being a professional footballer. Well, I never thought I'd ever end up captain in my country at a home World Cup. You know, but you find that thing you want, and when you when you understand it and you can feel it, you just when you go for it and you see where it takes you. Oh, I'm just gonna let that hang in the air. <laughs> Thank you, all Serena and Curtis Guthrie. Thanks to you, Scott. Uh, that's it for this episode of Blood, Sweat and Fears. Thank you for listening. Many more big names to come from a huge range of athletes, sports people and indeed sports in future episodes. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes. All podcasts in the series are on iTunes and via the EY website, which is ey.com forward slash UK forward slash PAS forward slash podcast. And for more information about the programme itself, then visit ey.com forward slash UK forward slash personal performance program. I'm Mark Clement, brought to you by EY, building a better working world. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Blood, Sweat and Fears, the ultimate podcast with a focus on athlete experiences, readiness and preparation for life in and out of sport. Goodbye. <laughs>